You need to ask the right question and oftentimes it's not enough with, with one question because one question might lead to five new questions and then you need to answer those, right? So there is a back and forth reasoning that is happening, which is actually very interesting because that's how our brain works. So we, we had the luxury to, to, to build two companies previous to this one that were successful. And I have to say, like, we are two people, but I believe that future, if you look at the future and, and if you look how many of these tools that we use are open source, you know, so I've never ran a team bigger than I have now. I would say probably half the work that's being done there in the corporate office could probably be, be done by some kind of automated automated uh, agent like, like Super Agent. It's just, it's just the facts of the matter. So, And that's probably like that through a lot of corporate America. In some ways making life easier, but it's also uh, eliminating that sort of uh, autonomy in our lives that we're doing this sort of thing? Or do you think it's, or do you look at it more as it's freeing people up to do more important tasks? So uh, my name is Ismail. I'm one of the co-founders of Superagent, one of two. Uh, I uh, basically write all of the code uh, and I'm the CTO of the company and the uh, basically the initiator together with Alan um, on the open source project that is SuperAgent, basically. So that's uh, my background is I'm a chemist, <laughs> weirdly enough, but uh, never graduated, uh, always been building companies, build, been building companies with Alan for the past, I don't know, 12, 13 years. So we know each other pretty well been through everything you could be as founders, which is a strength, I guess. So that's that's my background, basically. And yes, my name is uh, Alan, and I'm the co-founder of SuperAgent, together with Ismail, as mentioned. I have an engineering background, mechanical engineering, and uh, we are from the city. We are based in Gothenburg, Sweden, which is the city of Volvo. So over here, like mechanical engineering is a, is a big thing. Uh, so everyone works for Volvo here, except me and Ismail. We, <laughs> we, all, we always wanted to do something, something different. So we, we've always been into like uh, cool and interesting technology. Bleeding edge uh, stuff. Bleeding edge. Yeah. Like we, we, we've always been into that. Uh, and I think our strength has always been like, you know, how can we toy around with cool technology and create like something that is useful, right? And that I think is our kind of our niche. And oftentimes we end up in like very boring industries for some reason. I don't know. I think we're boring, boring people deep down. So we gravitate towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember we did like serverless deployments of like apps before like Vercel was a big thing uh, when they were like, you know, a couple of developers. We were there like doing stuff in production. Uh, so yeah, we like the bleeding edge stuff. Awesome. That's very cool. So to get into super agent a little bit, uh, for people who don't know or anything about super agent but are interested, what, what is the project? Do you want to take this, Ismail? No, I think you should take, I think you should take the part about why we are doing this, like what the whole thing is for somebody who doesn't know what, what field we're in, like AI agents, I think it would be appropriate to just give a proper background to, to so people who have yeah. no background. Yeah. So basically the idea behind agents uh, within the field of AI is not something new, right? Um, you know, from the dawn of computing. Like computing and AI was like invented at the same time, right? That's basically the history of computing. So, and the idea of agents is, uh, you know, dates back to that. And the whole idea is that you have some kind of program in this context that can act autonomously, right? Can understand its environment and can basically on its own solve different tasks, right? and reach different goals. So that's like the, the theoretical background which we are leaning on here, right? And 
what happened during the last year with this whole you know transformer revolution that we're we're in the middle of is that people started playing around with uh, toys like chat gpt and the underlying large language models and realized that an llm or large language model can actually serve excellently as like a reasoning engine for an agent right so if you if you imagine an agent having all of these different components uh, like a brain if you will that it needs to perform a certain task the llm happened to perform excellently as a, like a reasoning engine so people started creating different kind of hacks and different kind of demos based on this and the results like were very interesting to say the least right you you you've seen the demos it's very promising and Ismail and I were, were we were in uh, in the middle of building a product that's sort of related but also unrelated and we started borrowing borrowing some ideas from the community and we quickly realized that if we would to use uh, an agent to solve like a, a software problem that we had it had a lot of different benefits right because we quickly realized that there is a, sh a paradigm shift going on. So the old way of building products, of building software, is basically the programmer has to embed knowledge into the product by programming. That's essentially what programming is. But the new way is that you outsource all of that to the large language model, because the large language model already has a bunch of knowledge embedded into it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of, that's what, that was our aha moment. We saw that, okay, things are gonna change pretty fast. Looking on, you know, we started playing around building our own agents and we quickly realized that, okay, all that existed out there was demos. There was no real way of building an agent that you could actually use in production. So that was kind of the, the starting point of, of super agent. So were you still sort of building super agent for yourself in a way to make your life easier? Is that how it got started? Exactly, because we were, we were building a different kind of product. We were building a product called Clickable, which is basically an AI driven ad generator right mm -hmm. so basically we we would uh, generate uh, an image with with uh, diffusion models and then we would generate like captions and ad copy with large language models and we wrote so many lines of code to be able to perform this quite simple idea the results were never as good as we wanted them to be However, as soon as we shifted to the agentic model and leveraged the know-how embedded in the LLM, the results went through the roof, right? Yeah. yeah it, was, that, it was a true paradigm shift. Yeah. And, then and that was, that, yeah. yeah. That was like the, uh, basically the uh, um, beginning of, of SuperAgent. So it was the backend for this AI assistant for marketing teams basically and so just over a week uh i decided to you know try to formalize this because if you could build a marketing assistant like a co-pilot for a marketing team what other cool stuff wouldn't you be able to build and how cool would it be if that stuff could be ran in production in a real app with real users using it right how cool mm -hmm. wouldn't that be so that basically became the embryo of SuperAgent. We decided to, you know, open source it because we believe in the open source model for, for building these type of uh, frameworks and technologies. 
most of SuperAgent is basically built on open source technology. So we wanted to contribute. We wanted to create something that was super valuable for someone like Ryan, who is not like a machine learning engineer. So we wanted to simplify, you know, Ryan's life and enable him to basically bring in AI agents into his application with as simple as like implementing Stripe for payments. Basically, that's like the, the, the gist of it. And when were you guys working on this project for the marketing? Is that it sounds like you've been working on that for a while now? More more time than we'd like to um, admit, I think, <laughs> uh, close to a year now. But you so and you did it before the AI hype was out there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so when the when ChatGPT launched, we already had like tens of thousands of signups. And then when ChatGPT dropped, like our traffic and our signups went through the roof. So this was before the hype. Um, so we, we spent a lot of time on it. And that's like, you know, this just goes to prove like how powerful the agentic approach is because we scrapped all of our code wow. and replaced replaced the, the whole thing with a number of agents that collaborate to bring the user customized ads, right? And if you think about it, it makes sense. That's how an ad agency works, right? If, if you remember that, like the series Mad Men, yeah. Don Draper and those guys, that's how yeah, they yeah. work. You have a copywriter, you have the production, you have the art director. They need to collaborate in order to bring something to life. And that's how our agents work in, in, in Clickable, right? So what do you see as the biggest complication with your technology right now? Or what roadblocks do you see that you have to overcome? I think uh, tech-wise, um, there, are, there are two roadblocks, I think, uh, for AI in general. Uh, one of them is that people, if, if people are going to adopt this technology, let's say if a law firm, is going to adopt some some AI assistant or AI agent into their into their daily operations. The thing it needs to be is that it needs to always be ninety nine point nine percent correct at all times. And so the inherent problem with AI or large language models in specific is that it's not always ninety nine dot nine percent. Sometimes I, I read some benchmarks some people have done. It was like 49 percent so it was the hit rate was is really really low so there are ways of of bringing it to 99.9 percent and the that's the frameworks surrounding uh frameworks like super agent or other frameworks out there that are surrounding and enhancing the output basically of of the language model so that's something that we need to work even harder on. And that's something that we are actively working on. So we are training our own algorithms basically to, to handle this on our side. And I think the second thing is that, you know, when you write code the old way, you always have control over issues and bugs and stuff like this for the developers, for the tech team, basically. Uh, with AI agents, it's a bit hard to trace and actually see. It's 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 rarely a software bug. It's an AI bug. It's a completely different type of bug that appears. It's not that the like application breaks. It's more like the answer was incorrect. The LLM didn't uh, didn't answer correctly. So it's not a bug, but it's it's not the correct answer either. So that's really hard as well. That's something that needs and these two go hand in hand of course so these need to be addressed and i think there's a lot of interesting projects out there trying to address them yeah llms are by nature black boxed right and that creates a lot of usability issues especially in like business critical contexts there you need to have a lot of control and you need to be perhaps perhaps, you know, adopt a different approach than 
like the, the zero shot approach, which is where everyone starts out, right? Just write a prompt and then hope for the best. <laughs> That's how we use ChatGPT basically. Right. But um, in order for them to, to perform in the way we need them to perform, you actually need to step out outside of the LLM and uh, you need to do a lot of stuff without getting into detail. You need to do a lot of stuff uh, before, after, and like uh, around in between. the LLM. Yeah. If so you, I'm you sort to of add. want it, are you sort of you sort of need to ask the MLM, uh, the LLM, the right question? Is what what you're saying? Like, you need to ask the right question, and oftentimes it's not enough with with one question, right? Because one question might lead to five new questions, and then you need to answer those. Right, so there is okay. a back and forth reasoning that is happening, which is actually very interesting because, in a way, that's that's how our brain works, right? It's very seldom that we just think a thought and then we act, and that's the end of it. Oftentimes, you go back and forth, and you have like subtasks, right? Sure. Uh, so, so we actually like we we learn about ourselves a lot when working on problems like these. And, and this is kind of an unexplored territory, as as Ismail mentioned. Right? Sure. What the, what? So how? I mean, this is a, a black hole, but we'll start off here. What LLMs do you guys use right now for for Super Agent? So Super Agent supports hundreds of LLMs. It supports any like it supports the big ones, of course, okay. like Open a Open AI, Claude. Uh, Llama, all of these big models, but it also supports whatever model that you publish uh, open source, or if you publish it like on Hugging Face. So you can use whatever LLM you want. So we have people using specifically fine-tuned LLMs uh, that they have trained on a certain corpus of data to do specific things. Um, so we don't you know we are a developer tool it's up to the developers to decide what language models they want to power their agents with we just give them the tools to do that in a you know production ready and uh, developer friendly way okay so like say if you know we hunter and i we sort of before we do these interviews we don't want we don't like to research too much about the projects because we like to hear the answers from you guys um, yeah. So one of the things, like, say if I'm a developer and I want to go download and play with Super Agent, um, you, they would, someone would go on GitHub, download the code, and then plug in what LLM they want to use at that point? Uh, actually, we, yeah, that's one way of doing it. Since it's okay. open source, they can actually, like, spin up their own uh, thing and then and run that. But we also have, like, a hosted cloud solution. So you can run SuperAgent by going to app.superagent.sh mm -hmm. and log in, create an account, create your agents like in a, in a nice user interface that we built for you, and then try them out. And if you're happy with them, you can integrate them into whatever application you're, you're running, basically. So if for you guys, you do a lot of podcasts, you want to, you don't have time to research everything. So perfect use case for you guys would be to build a research agent. So what that agent would do would be to, you know, go in, do all of the research for you for the project, highlight five things, and you you just pick up on those five things and, and you're ready to go. You don't even need to do the extensive research. And you can do that in Super Agent in like one minute. So okay. that's the power of it. And you could be a developer. You could even be someone like today. I spoke to a designer that created agents for himself. So he doesn't know anything about code, but he can do it with super agent and run it for his business. So we have law firms doing it. We have consultancy firms doing it. We have other technology companies using our platform and we have designers. So it's a pretty broad scope of people, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, what, no, what we have found is that it's oftentimes two different categories of people involved in these projects. First off, you have like the prompt engineer or the, the agent designer, whatever you want to call them. And that's often someone in charge of a workflow, oftentimes a business person or a product owner of some sort, uh, he, who understands the business requirements and goes in 
creates the agent, writes the prompts, etc. And then tests it out. And when it's okay, hands the agent and the agent's API endpoint, because the agent gets its own endpoint, right? So mm -hmm. it can run from any app. And then hands it over to the developers. And the developer doesn't have to know anything about AI or LLMs or anything like that. The developer works with whatever app they're working on, right? And simply implements this. So that's how that's how we envision uh, the users using SuperAgent. Okay, so right now there's the the, the cloud-based solution and the and sort of more the techie nerd developer uh, code on GitHub. If someone went on the, you mentioned the designer, you know, uh, used um, SuperAgent. What does that flow look like in terms of if someone wants to go and use SuperAgent, they go to the website and with the like for that designer example, what did they actually do in the on the website to get what they wanted done? Yeah, so in this specific case, uh, the designer had some uh, documents uh, like design guidelines, brand guidelines and stuff that he wanted to basically answer, you know, wanted to ask questions to those documents, get answers and then act on those answers on behalf of his uh, uh, customers or users or whatever it might be in his in his in his daily work, really, as a designer. He wanted to leverage leverage that data. So what he does is he just logs in with his account. He 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 basically goes into a configurator we have. He presses a button. He chooses what agent he wants. He chooses if it's you know should has a, should have access to the internet, if it should have access to documents, uh, videos, images, whatever it might be, right? And so he, he just enables the access to, to whatever data basically he wants mm -hmm. to, to use. And then he can just uh, press a button and run that, you know, and he gets a chat interface if he wants to. He can use it in a, in a more technical way if he wants to later on, which he's planning to do. And uh, so it's really simple for him. And that's basically our approach is to build something for people that don't necessarily have the skill set to build this on their on their own okay that's that's like the uh sweet spot yeah, so for us. just to sum it up to actually build an agent there's no there is no coding involved that's the beauty of it because awesome. the coding is already done that's uh, the whole idea so you just click around in the user interface and you configure the agent by writing prompts that's it which is we just we interviewed auto gpt last week and um, they've got a ton of hype, and I think they're like, they're they've got more favorites on GitHub than like React and Node.js. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And it's a great tool, but it's a, just a command line interface right now. Um, yeah. It's crazy, you guys talking about this because you can people can go out there and use this right now, like, and they don't have to be yeah. developers, which is awesome. I feel like yeah. you guys are yeah. under under um, an unknown project in a way. That's, yeah, and that's that is true. You guys, right? That's yeah, the scoop. Yeah. That's our job, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, we collaborate <laughs> with, with a lot of these uh, hyped or not even non-hyped uh, AI projects out there because what happens in the end is like our users, you know, some of them want to run, you know, other type of frameworks such as AutoGPT or Baby AGI, mm -hmm. two of the biggest. And they can do that on SuperAgent. So that's the cool part. We, we try to include everyone. Like we don't discriminate any, any frameworks or any other type of agents. We don't have any real preferences on that. We only want to serve the users. So what does our users, you know, what do they want to run? Do they want to run Baby AGI? We'll fix so you can run Baby AGI, basically. That's our approach to it. Okay. Uh, so, and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. So we can collaborate with anyone basically. And we do a lot of collaborations. So awesome. you guys seem to have a lot of different use cases. Do you guys yeah. do any data tracking or do you know how many people are using super agent or what kind of interesting use cases you've seen for it so far? Yeah, we do. We do. Alan is the tracking king. Or what's, I mean, the we... com what's the most common one too? That you see so our tracking at the moment is underdeveloped but uh, <laughs> we, we have um, that's why he's referring to me 
Uh, yeah, gotcha. it's never going to be perfect. So. Yeah. So yeah. we have uh, over a thousand users, active users on our cloud solution. And we have a lot more using our uh, open source solution, uh, self-hosted. And we have a bunch of different use cases, uh, very the common ones, because we, we're in the middle of the chat with your document trend, right? We see a lot of startups doing that. We have a lot of that. Uh, we have a lot of uh, assistant type use cases as well. So for example, you have an assistant where you lo load a bunch of know-how of some sort, could be like your knowledge base for your company. And you can also equip the agent with some kind of capabilities like uh, post to Slack or whatever it might be. That's a very common use case as well. Uh, Ismail, would you add an interesting? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, in the end, I've seen like because I speak to to users every day. We have a Discord server that has around, I think, soon four hundred developers in there, and they bombard me with a bunch of like you know ideas and prompts. I've seen some crazy prompts. I've seen some prompts. It doesn't even look like a language. It looks like I don't know what it is. It's just emojis everywhere, you know. <laughs> and so I've seen it all out there. I've seen it all. I've seen the dirty side. It's more of efficient this business. Yeah, it's token yeah. saving. But, the, uh, but what I would say. Yeah. is that the trend is that people and I've thought about this myself uh, and that's why I love SuperAsian because I'm a user myself uh, people want to replace themselves that's the weirdest thing people want to replace you know all the tedious BS tasks that they do every day and some of them are really important uh, but there, there's so many of them that you can't do everything, you know, perfect. So in that sense, it's perfect to just create your own personal bot. I've, I've done it now. So I have a, like a super bot that I'm testing super out on our. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, so what it does is basically if you have questions about how to like programmatically implement super agent in your own app or something like that, you'll just ask it and it just writes all of the code for you, you know. So you don't have to even write the code for it. And it's and you can ask it anything, like how do I do this, how do I do that, blah, blah, blah. And it just writes it, you copy, paste it, and you're done. You know, that's that's what people want to build. And that's that's pretty amazing because regular individuals want to do it. Uh, you know, I believe, you know, smaller businesses want to do it, larger businesses want to do it. The, like everyone wants to do that. Even the housewife in the end will want to do that. Uh, so it would be pretty amazing to build something for that housewife in the end, you know, anybody can do whatever they like replace themselves, which would be an amazing thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I wanted to ask, you know, what are the limits to this? Is it just the, is this just the human imagination or, uh, what, is there a specific limit where it's like, okay, it does these, these it, it creates these sort of agents very well, but there's these certain type that could be improved upon, or once we start stretching it to these purposes, it becomes difficult. Uh, where, where, where are the limits with that? So, yeah, this is, we had this discussion this morning, actually. And uh, because you have different kind of, you can design an agent using different kind of loops, we call them and different kind of loops for example the react loop is one plan and solve is another uh, they're good at different things however to answer your question the limits are actually kind of unexplored right so there has been research on on what types of tasks each loop is good at, right? This is quantifiable. There are different standardized tests that they put these agents through. Um, for example, if you need something that is more, an agent that is more reasoning and can uh, do uh, something that is not sequentially planned in advance, perhaps you want a react, which is a reason and act 
loop that does that because it can continuously, uh, you know, take in its environment, res uh, you know, think about what to do, etc. And lang large language models does that very well. Um, but you might have other use cases that doesn't require that. And we had this discussion this morning and, you know, it's very difficult because we are in the, in the, just in the beginning of this and the research is like very fresh, the articles that are coming out. So I don't think there is any kind of answer on, on what the limits are. That's the first part of my answer. The second part of my answer is if you look at the scope which we have discussed today. The scope we have dis discussed today is quite narrow, actually. Ismail um, mentioned a basically a support version of himself, right? And he's got a ton of leverage from that agent, basically a customer support agent, right? And uh, we see our users creating similar stuff as mentioned. That's kind of low-hanging fruit, but if you look at the workforce out there, look at any like big company, and you look at the average employee, what are they really doing, and how high is that bar, right? It's not very high. So there's no, I don't think you you need to reach the the limits of what is possible with this kind of technology before you can create a ton of value. That's kind of the hypothesis we are working from. So we are very happy where we are right now when it comes to like output from these agents. And that just goes to, that's just, that tells you more, I think, about, you know, what people actually are doing at large companies, for example. Yeah. Well, I, I worked at uh, like corporate America, for example, I worked at, Sherwin Williams, they're a paint company here in Cleveland. I probably shouldn't be calling this out, but uh, yeah. um, they're, they're the largest. I think they're one of the largest paint suppliers in the U.S. Um, and I would say probably half the work that's being done there in the corporate office could probably be done by some kind of automated automated uh, agent like like super agent. It's just yeah. it's just the facts of the matter. So and that's yeah, probably that's... like that through a lot of corporate America. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know, that's how large organizations tend to. And there's not, there's no, I don't think there's any danger singling anyone out because mm -hmm. they're not the only ones. So that's kind of the, the hypothesis we are basically working from. Now, is the super, is it, um, is it completely free or is it paid or how does that work for the cloud so version? Yeah, so we are planning to charge for it, but mm -hmm. we are not right now because we are in open beta. But okay. we are planning on uh, releasing a paid plan soon. Gotcha. And can you guys talk about the tech stack, how you built this, what it's built with? Um, I know this could probably be, you could probably talk about this one for uh, for hours, but if you can give us uh, an insight to how this was built. Um, you, you talked about a little bit the background of it, starting from a, a marketing clickable. Um, but what what's what what are the tools you actually built the uh, super agent with? So uh, the actual tech stack, it's a pretty simple tech stack actually. It's not something advanced. It's basically a uh, we uh, we write all our code in Python, so we use a framework for that called Fast API. Amazing framework. Uh, and what that does is that it ba basically creates an API that any developer can use in to integrate into our app. And then we have, you know, different type of frameworks that are open source that you can use. And uh, like we use Langchain, which is a framework that is, you know, blowing up. Uh, it was really the first big agentic framework for developers. Mm -hmm. And so we, we use that. We use Llama Index, which is another one. We use, you know, a bunch of different uh, type of uh, tools. Uh, to power our agents, such as like Zapier and other type of, you know, automation tools, web search, uh, and, uh, you know, all of that stuff. We have a pretty simple, you know, database that connects everything that's run through a service provider called Supabase, who's like amazing, yeah, has helped yeah. us out a lot. Yeah. Amazing product. I love it. And also built open source partly. So 
that's great for us uh, and uh, you know for the the LLMs basically you can you know we we connect to Hugging Face and we connect to a bunch of different third party services like Notion, HubSpot. You can bring in whatever data you want or whatever language model you want into the system. So we have vector stores, databases, bunch of stuff. But really simple and the front end is Next.js. It's it's deployed on Vercel. We are big fans of Vercel. I mean we've been using them since I don't know, you know, We've used them forever, basically, before they even mm-hmm. were uh, this big and, and always been fans of those guys as well. So that's it's a pretty simple stack. And we have a lot of contributors, which I want to give a big shout out to. You know, they come and they help us out open source and uh, develop our, our framework with with all of the amazing contributors. And, and you know, so uh, we are really agnostic. We want to bring in what people want to run. And uh, so we uh, we we are pretty like nimble and fast move fast like and and have simple code that's like it but everything is on github so i urge everyone mm-hmm. to just go and take a look and try to run it yourselves and play around with it all right awesome and you got, just to be clear are you both you you two started the company as co-founders yeah. is there anyone else yeah. or no, is it, it just you two and then pretty much contributors on um, GitHub or, or in Discord? Yeah, it's the ninja army, we call them. <laughs> They're like ninjas. They're our super yeah. agents, you know. Awesome. So that's, so, that's it. You, you mentioned how, you know, people are using this a lot to replace themselves or replace these menial tasks, at least. Uh, do you see this as a sort of maybe uh, a risk? of AI or a direction that AI is going uh, where it's kind of like in some ways making life easier, but it's also uh, eliminating that sort of, uh, you know, that sort of autonomy in our lives that we're doing this sort of thing. Or do you think it's, or do you look at it more as it's freeing people up to do more important tasks? I can answer this one perhaps. So uh, Ismail framed it as, replacing themselves. I wouldn't frame it like that. I would say that for in, in Ismail's example, the, the Ismail agent that was, the super Ismail agent that was created is actually not replacing Ismail. It's actually allowing Ismail to, to get more leverage out of his time. Cloned, right? cloned version. Exactly. So it's a basically a clone so that Ismail can create more value elsewhere. And that I think that our users see that, right? Because in the end, the agent, the, the, the super, super Ismail in this case, is dependent on Ismail, right? Because it feeds off of Ismail's know-how. And the, the same goes for the others. So I think in the, like, this is a very philosophical discussion, I guess, but where we are right now, like the agents are very dependent on us, humans for, for, for knowledge and for technology as well. Well, that will be over quite soon, I think, the, the latter one. Very cool. Yeah, I think that that's a great way to put it for sure. So what is your next direct? What's your direction for this project right now? What are the next steps that you're currently working on? Yeah, we're wor- working on a, a completely new version of uh, SuperAgent that is going to make it much easier to create more complicated agents that can perform much more uh, complex tasks, right? Because the agents today are quite simple if you compare them to, you know, like our vision. So we have a vision of creating agents that can uh, replace like 90% of our workflows in corporate America. That's, that's, kind of what we are gunning for, which is not a high bar at all, as we were discussing earlier. And that's what our next version aims to do. That's Maybe you guys are slowly going to take over Volvo. I mean, you're right by that, live right by them. You can hey. take over that workforce. There. That's yeah. too easy. That's too easy. <laughs> I have friends too working easy, yeah. there. Yeah. They tell yeah. me the craziest things. 
Yeah, most yeah. of our users are actually in, in the US. They're not uh, from Sweden. I mean, Sweden is not really a big place and uh, it's really small and, uh, and uh, there are some users, but all of them are basically US-based. Some of them are even Chinese, I think. I mean, we have people from all over the world. No one, in, no one in Sweden knows what we do. We have friends no. and stuff. They never talk work with us. No, they don't know. Exactly. They don't understand yeah. what we do. Yeah. <laughs> so so you yeah, we have some like made up company in your, your yeah. 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 I, I mean, it, it's just not, you know, it's not like San Francisco or anything where yeah. tech people, it's not that vibe at all. It's an old, like, you know, it's like an old industry uh, city, worker city, you know, it's a lot of beer and burgers, not much, okay. you know, AI. <laughs> in our city so do you uh if you don't want to disclose this that's fine do you, are you guys looking to raise vc capital have you already are have you raised any money uh, already or you sort of just self-funding this project we have not raised anything yet currently okay. we are self-funding this project and but our plan is to raise capital quite soon so we are working on you know we want to do our homework before we start raising. So that's what we are sure. working on diligently. We're working on the product. We are working on the, the right kind of user success cases. And then based off that, we want to do our first round. So is it just yeah, you guys working on the project right now? Or is it, do you guys have a team going on or? It's the two of us, yeah. It's the two of you In right the now. company, yeah. And then we have uh, the contributors, of course. Yeah, and how did you guys meet? Yeah. We met during our university days. This was a long time ago, 15 years ago. We ran a math club together. Okay. So that was the background. And uh, we were helping kids out in like um, in the suburbs over here. So there's like a segregation situation that's going on in Sweden and especially in our city. So basically, we wanted to do something good. We wanted to give back, right, to, to our, our favorite city. So we organized a student-run math club. And we engaged uh, thousands of people in the end. And um, we, uh, we managed to uh, inspire and teach uh, our favorite subject, which is math. So that's where we met and we always like we always vibed because it was quite clear that our ambitions were different than uh, our peers in our math club. We always wanted to to build companies and we wanted to work on cool stuff and we wanted to build like something big. We want something that could really have an impact. So we always had like different ideas and then we went on to work like we got our first jobs. And that didn't last long, right? <laughs> After a year or two, it was like, okay, this is not for us. And uh, we just decided to start a company. And that's what we did. And we've, we've worked together since. Awesome. And you, are you guys doing this full time right now? Or do you still have a job somewhere else? Or is this your no, main No, it's, uh, full it's full time. Full time. So we, we had the luxury to, to, to build two companies previous to this one that were successful. Uh, so we have the luxury of being, you know, working on this full time. And I have to say, like, we are two people, but I believe that future, if you look at the future and, the, and if you look how many of these tools that we use are open source, you know, so I've never ran a team bigger than I have now. And, and, and it's not, it's because there's so many contributors that you know that's 30 developers basically contributing at a regular basis it becomes like 30 they're not employees but you still have to take care of them you know you still sure. have to review their code and do all of the stuff you do but you don't pay them that's the only difference you pay them with access basically mm -hmm. so uh so it's a quite large team uh but we are the only founders that's that's basically it i mean yeah, the this is like the open source business model. Like, how do you? So it's it's of course like legally it's separate. So the the actual repository is it's legally its own thing with its own license, etc. And uh, then we need to create like a viable company on top of that somehow, 
right? That becomes the next step. And uh, but now we are fully focused on the open source project because that's going to be the basis of whatever comes next, right? Yeah. No, it's it's uh, fascinating. Open source is awesome. Like to have, in your case, thirty developers that would cost you millions of dollars. You know, if they if it wasn't open source to pay them if they were on your payroll. So that's awesome. You have a great great team of uh, contributors. Um, you, you mentioned before that the you're, like Sweden doesn't have a big tech scene. How did you guys get into doing tech? I know you, it was through math, but are there other people like you in Sweden? And is there a is there a city where there's a tech industry in, in Sweden, or is it so? There of, is there is like a tech scene here. Okay. So we have like companies coming out of here, like Spotify, is Swedish. So there is, and there is a huge interest, and we have like very good technical universities that produce mm -hmm. a lot of good people, but it's not comparable with like Silicon Valley. Gotcha. It, it, it yeah. can't, like, it's a numbers game, right? So even yeah. in the US, you need to move to Silicon Valley or one of your hubs. It's the same situation over here. Right? Okay. So, um, so, so that's kind of, uh, but we are planning on like our long-term plan is to, to uh, because, you know, if you want to grow this company, you have to, you have to take it to, to Silicon Valley. So that's basically our, our, long-term plan okay well if you ever so come over not... here we'll have to grab a beer or something yeah that we would, would love amazing. that so, yeah we are not like we are not geographically bound you know it's not like the old days right so we are yeah. not like geographically right. bound here with like hundreds of employees right and we it's quite in the early days still so sure it's doable cool it's kind of the way the world is moving right i mean yeah you don't go to the office as much anymore and I think that the pandemic yeah. had a lot to do with that. And now technology has a lot to do with that for sure. Yeah, for sure. In our case, we need access to the right kind of people, right? So we will go wherever these people are and they happen right. to exist in you know, a couple of hotspots, but of course, Silicon Valley is one of them. So that's the reason of why we would like incorporate the company in the future. This is like a tactical financing thing, I guess, but it's a lot of has a lot of do, to do with with access to the right people. If you're starting an automotive business, I think this is a great place. It's a hot spot mm -hmm. for that. You have you have so many people you can recruit, right? But we are not in that business, right? Right, right. So do you? Are your goal is to get, to get to Silicon Valley one day and sort of build the business from there? From what you're saying, yeah, that's the dream. That's All the right. dream. We yeah, should have yeah. we should have done it long yeah. time ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. now now it's the time. Cool. Yeah. Well, I think as long as you take care, as long as you keep building super agent, you guys are on a great, great path. So for funding, yeah. for growing the business, for everything. Yeah, we, we you believe, so much. Yeah. we believe in that, you know, in, in what we're doing and we believe in the vision. And uh, I mean, with the world, uh, if anybody could deploy these AI tools for themselves, that would be like amazing for humanity, I think. So, uh, you know, small mundane tasks at volume, at scale is just something fantastic. What uh, do you guys think? What do you guys think? Can you see a future where we don't have these type of agents running around in our virtual environment doing things for us? Can you see that kind of future? Go, I'll let you answer first, Hunter. At this point, no. After all the research that we've done, the people that we've talked to, even over the past few months, it's it's inevitable that it's going to happen. It's just um, a matter of time, how well these things are going to develop, uh, how fast they grow into a larger scale. Um, people adopting them, I think, is going to be the biggest obstacle. I think the technology will get there far before the people will get there. Uh, and by people, I mean like the mass public. Because uh, I think there's a lot of people who are reluctant to this this sort of thing. They think that it's, you know, kind of scammy or techy or something like that, or they won't be able to understand it. But as soon as it becomes more applicable to people, easier to use, uh, becomes uh, more normal, I think that there's no doubt that this is going to be the direction that, that things go with AI. I have a different take on that. I think it will be adopted long before people are comfortable with them. And the reason is uh, profitability, 
right? Because we are in a situation right now which is very strange. First of all, we have this <clears throat> AI revolution that's going on. At the same time, we have uh, an uh, increase in capital costs, etc. Interest rates going up, etc. Companies being more and more squeezed to perform well in terms of profit, right? But what's the first, what's the easiest way to, to increase profitability? To get rid of people, right? And replace yeah. them with something else, software, agents, etc. So I think this bottom line driven adoption is going to come from, you know, top down, private equity firms, etc. That's going to be like the, the early adopters of corporate America. And I think then... that's a good point. We already see that happening too. You know, we're seeing that happening all the time. I mean, if you look at uh, like the whole Netflix news that just came out uh, yesterday, we're talking about their hiring, you know, directors for AI, you know, that in, in they're paying them almost a million dollars. Their yeah. actors and writers are only getting paid like $30,000 a year. Yeah. You know, they're willing to invest so much into this AI because they know in the long term, that's the best way that they're going to end up, you know, making money and cutting costs and increasing quality as well. Uh, there so, you go. Yeah. So they've already, the movie industry, for example, they've already started to deploy agents, basically. That's what you're saying. So they replaced yeah. the, uh, yeah, the actors with agents. So to speak. Yep. how many, how many movies are on Netflix? Do you know that? Like how many, how, what's the total number of movies? That's on a Netflix? great question. <laughs> I don't know. I'll find out. Let's say what what do you think, Alan? You're a, you're a, you're the engineer here. What 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 math would you apply to to, I have to a just friend, give a benchmark? I have a friend who have seen all of them. <laughs> That's what I can tell you. No, I'm not sure how many. It's different from different countries, right? Yeah. But, uh, but if you get all of it, all all, all of, it, of it, all countries, uh, movies, movies, and uh, I mean video, video. How much video do they have? How much video do they have? That's a different question. Yeah, yeah. Because if you think oh, about, wow. if yeah. they would take, yeah. yeah, if they would take a model and they're just I'm going to ask uh, ChatGPT. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and if if they would if they would want to create writers, they could do th do that. I'm I'm hundred percent sure they could do that with a with a you know they could they could replace writers. There, you know, that wouldn't be a big issue for them, technology wise. That's like two years away. Right. And why wouldn't yeah. you if you're if you like the whole for a, a, a company like Netflix that is listed on the stock exchange in the US, they have an obligation to their stockholders to make the most profit they can. Like that's one that's of their good. defining things. So if you have to fire people and hire do, do something with AI, it's sort of like you have to do it because you have to look out for the, the stockholders. Um, another thing that's kind of interesting is we for our email, we get um, like responses to our email all the time and or on Twitter, Twitter as well. We've got, I've got a Twitter account for our email uh, newsletter. And a lot of times people, they just crap on AI. They hate it so much. But a few times, like the same person that hates AI will ask like, hey, how can I use this in my business? Like the guy yesterday, he's a chiropractor and he wanted to know how to, how to use AI in his business to make it more profitable. So I guess my point is like you can hate AI and be afraid of it as much as you want. But as soon as someone shows you a tool that can make your business more profitable, I think that's going to change a lot of people's minds really fast because that's the that's the bottom line, you know, especially if exactly. you have a family business. That's exactly my point as well. Like the, the bottom line driven adoption is going to come long before people are comfortable with it. And that's sure. actually could be a problem, right? If people don't really think about the ethical concerns, etc., and just go for profit, that could cause other issues, of course. Yeah. Okay. According to my uh, manual uh, imitation of an uh, capable agent, I have calculated that uh, we have 20,000 hours of video content. Two, 2021 years numbers. Sounds kind of low. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there, yeah, there you, you go. go. There, there you go. go. Yeah, they GG. could. Yeah, they could. They could <laughs> reproduce that number of hours in, you know, every day, right? If they just yeah. 
generated with with AI. Yeah, it's I I was watching. Um, I don't. It, this came out like a couple of years ago. Have you guys ever seen that deep fake of Tom um, Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible how real it looks. So yeah, and that's all. Like if, right? if they can do a deep fake of Tom Tom Cruise, why, they can just make deep fakes of whoever they want to act in any movie they want. I mean. Yeah, it's voice, you know, uh, usually voice is decoupled from the movement of the movie, right? They put they sample the voice up uh, after and do do bunch of that kind of stuff. Voice, yeah. you can replicate voice one to one. I mean, you okay. you won't notice that's that's already done. That's the, there are commercial models. I can go take some uh, some of your videos and replicate your voice 100 percent today in like five minutes. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. <laughs> But the next so that's step is, already so. The next step is, you know, they're going to generate their own movie stars. Right. They don't need Tom Cruise, right? They're that's true. Gen yeah, they will make their own Tom Cruise, which they own all the rights to, and they make them super popular. They own the brand. They own everything. Uh, you know. Jesus, that sounds... No, but that's the that's natural not... next step. It's like <laughs> yeah, ver right, verticalization, though. right? You own the yeah. whole value chain. You own yeah. the streamer. You own the tech to stream, you own the tech to produce the movies, and you own all the intellectual assets for like uh, the, the actors, because you created the actors, right? Yeah. So the so, actors, like all the actors are keep saying like, what about our rights? But I think it's like with any technology, right? They're, they're going to get pushed out at some point and they have to yep. embrace AI or do something because I think a lot of their jobs are going to be threatened. But I could be wrong. Yeah, yeah, this happens all the time in all kinds of industries. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like like movie like actors have any kind of special rights to keep their jobs. However, there might be societal impacts. I don't think from movie stars going out of business. But the famous example is like if all truckers go out of business or are replaced, that's mm -hmm. gonna have like societal impact because you will have a lot of unemployed male you know certain demographic that can cause a lot of political ruckus right and then you'll have to invent other ways of, of solving that for example taxation universal basic income etc etc and i think that discussion is due to say the least right yeah i think it's going to be whatever it however it plays out it's going to be fascinating over the next two to three to five years to see what happens mm -hmm. you know because nobody knows, but it's going to be it's going to be a crazy ride. It feels like, yeah, no one is safe. Yeah, yeah, we All are. Right, well, we are. Yeah, yeah. That's, we are the ones gonna that's gonna be replaced first. I think so. me and Alan. They'll replace us. Replaced. We'll replace ourselves. I was replaced. Your super Alan your super the... Ishmael is gonna take over Ishmael. Exactly. Yeah, that would be uh, amazing though. So what? <laughs> What is what is your Discord that people could go to? So it's called Super Agent. I can send you the link to the Discord if you want to post it together with a video. Sure. But it's yeah. basically Super Agent, and uh, you can just go in there and and join. And you know, uh, the links are on our webpage as well, superagent.sh, and you can check out check us out uh, on GitHub as well. So you have all the links to everything there, and you can try it out, run it, do stuff with it, replace yourself or whatever uh so uh, yeah, yeah that's, one that's thing, basically it. one thing we want to ask from your viewers and or your readers we want to hear about the kind of things they want to do with agents the kind of ideas they have for their life and for their business so the chiropractor you told us about earlier that's mm -hmm. awesome that's what gets us going right Mm -hmm. We want to hear all of these quirky things, quirky ideas, because that's in the end, that's how we're going to help people. So please check out our Discord, post any kind of ideas or questions you might have. We are very happy to answer them. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love, love to, to hear these ideas. I mean, I'm intrigued by it to hear. I always love to hear the crazy ideas, personally. <laughs> the whacked out ones that I wouldn't yeah. think about. Uh, those are always crazy. That's how it starts, right? Yep. Yeah, and that's how you said uh, that's a great way to test the limits um, and continue to improve the project, for sure. Yep. Cool. Um, Thank you, guys.
but yeah, yeah thank uh, you so much we so, really appreciate it we'll probably uh maybe we, we'll do a follow-up um podcast in, in a little later but uh thanks so much for coming coming out and yeah joining thanks for us coming today. on yeah. and then uh yeah for any of the viewers or uh ryan and i's newsletter is fry-ai.com we provide a weekly or weekday news and then uh it, along with some tools and different stories and updates in a fun way and an easy to read way the fry AI, the fry is just for fun because Ryan's daughter likes French fries. So that's how we got the fry. We um, dig it. <laughs> yeah, so we do that. And then uh, on Sundays, we do the deep dive articles. So we'll be doing one uh, here on Super Agent um, along with the, the video follow-up. So be sure to check them out, Discord and their project. It is superagent.sh. All right. We appreciate you guys coming on and uh, it was just really nice talking to you guys. And we definitely learned a lot. We're excited about your project. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. We really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks Have a lot, nice guys. One. Awesome project. Bye. Take Thank care. Thank you. Bye.